Welcome to Produce Talks. This whole business is based on relationship and friendships. Food is darn simple. What can we do? What are other countries doing? How important it is for industry to be talking about this. We're going back to the farm. We're going back to the whole food. Hi, I'm Wally Burns, the Education and Training Manager at CPMA. CPMA would like to acknowledge Nature Fresh Farms as our Produce Talks series sponsor. Find out more about Nature Fresh Farms and how they are growing for a kinder future at www.naturefresh.ca. You can keep up with them on Instagram or Twitter at nature underscore fresh and on Pinterest at Nature Fresh along with other social media. CPMA would also like to welcome Fresh from Florida as a sponsor of this podcast. Here is a quick message from Chef Justin of Fresh from Florida. Hi, I'm Chef Justin Timoneri, Executive Chef with Fresh from Florida, a proud sponsor of this podcast. Fresh from Florida loves being a part of CPMA and sharing the message of what Florida farmers bring to the table. To learn more and to find hundreds of Florida Fresh recipes that we develop for you in our test kitchen, visit followfreshfromflorida.com. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Fresh From Florida. Enjoy the show and keep cooking. In this episode, we feature the recording of a learning lounge from our recent convention and trade show in Montreal. Listen now to moderator Michelle McMillan of Ippolito Fruit and Produce as she speaks with Julie Trepanier of The Wonderful Company, Susan Lung of Fresh Direct Produce, and Jenny Coleman of Equifruit, about their experiences in the produce industry. They share some interesting personal and professional stories and offer some suggestions to help other women succeed and thrive. Hey everyone, uh, we're about to get started if everybody's ready. One of the first housekeeping issues I wanted to mention is that there are headsets. So if you're struggling to hear because of the background noise, pe please feel free to use a headset. Turning. It'll make it a little yeah. bit easier for Can you. you. Me to put on the back. So, welcome to the Women in Produce, uh, pardon me, the Women in Produce panel today. I'm joined today by three leaders in our industry. Uh, to my immediate left, Julie Trepanier from Wonderful Foods. In the middle, Susan Lung from Fresh Direct Produce and Jenny Coleman from Equifruit. So, I want to thank the ladies for coming today and we're looking forward to hearing some insights from each of you on how you've advanced your careers in the industry and potentially give a little bit of advice to people who are coming up and comers in the industry and how they can navigate their careers and perhaps find themselves sitting in these chairs in, in, uh, <laughs> in the coming years. So firstly, I'd like each one of you to talk a little bit about yourself, uh, how long you've been in the industry, your organization, your role in your organization, and how you came to be in the organization. What was your career path? So Julie, we'll start with Julie, you. Okay. You can hear me? Yes, okay. Um, for me, the best decision that I've taken in my life was to uh, leave Quebec City where I grew up to go learn English. I couldn't speak a word English, so I went in Ontario, learned English, and this is basically what contributed to my career. Um, I started working with wonderful company when they started building their own merchandising team in Canada. Back in 2013, I started as a merchandising rep, 
And then since 2017, I'm a supervisor for Quebec, Atlantic area, all at the Atlantic and part of Ontario. So very briefly, what I, what I do is I'm in field. I have uh, six amazing reps working with me. We go in field. We want to partner with uh, the store, the produce manager, the store owner, basically to increase the business, to increase our presence, and we want to partner with them. And also another part that I'm working is with the chargé de compte, so the RSM team. So all the promotion, they deal at head office, so I'm sure we work together. So I, I work both plants, so it's, it's amazing. Great, thank you. Susan? Okay, my, my name is Susan. Uh, born and raised in Hong Kong, so um, came to Canada in 1991, and that was the year that I joined the produce um, business. Uh, passionate about produce, so that becomes my career from then onward. And then, um, because I came from Hong Kong, and before that, I was in the marketing, um, marketing fast-moving consumer goods. So, gave me the chance with the background and apply the marketing skill in, in promoting the um, produce in Vancouver. And uh, coupled with the increasing visible minorities during the last 20, 30 years, I got a chance to offer different products from all over the world. So right now, I'm charging the import department in Fresh Direct Produce, um, sourcing produce from all over the world. And um, starting up, I myself starting up as an assistant and then becomes the import buyers. And then um, because of the um, uh, business uh, growing um, with all different kinds of uh, ethnic from different countries, so business is growing fast and I step up in the management area, right now coaching five buyers um, to take up some of the items that I have been developed and I continue to explore different areas from different countries. So I would say this is a very um, meaningful, meaningful business, not just for business, I mean even for myself. On one hand, I'm promoting the health to the to everybody in, mm -hmm. in, in the world, I mean, even in our country. And then at the same time, I also uh, help people from overseas. They can taste the product from their hometown. So I find the job very meaningful. Nice. <laughs> Jenny? Uh, hello, everybody. My name is Jenny Coleman. Uh, I came to produce in kind of a sneaky way in that I bought a company. So I had, <laughs> I knew nothing about produce and here I am. <laughs> that's, the, that's the short answer. Uh, before, uh, so yeah, I'm the uh, president and owner of Equifruit. Uh, as I say, bought the company in December of 2013. Uh, before that, I'd had a career uh, you know, a broad-based career in business. I had worked for uh, McKinsey, a consulting firm for uh, Bombardier um, in their rail division. So before I joined the produce industry, I could tell you anything about passenger rail in any city around the world. But uh, when I, I had this entrepreneurial itch, I really uh, wanted to have my own business. I had a lot of truly crazy ideas. Uh, but I came across an ad for Equifruit. Of course, the company wasn't named. It just said that there was this business with high ethical standards that um, would be suitable for somebody who was looking for flexible work. And I said, yes, because at that stage, I had a 
tiny baby and two other children. Anyway, the point is, I, I go meet the broker, and he talks to me for a little bit about uh, who I am and my background and everything. And then he has a, uh, the information about this potential company in a manila folder, and it's like on reality TV. And he slides <laughs> it across the boardroom table to me, and, and I open it, and I naively think, fruit, fun, you know, not really anticipating that it's not a lot of fun when your fruit is stuck in a container and poor it won't get out and it's rotting and everything else. Not that that ever happens to Equifruit. We have always consistent delivery dates. And <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's been a lot of learning about produce, but our team has grown and it's super fun. So what do I do in the company? I'm uh, depending on how many people we have working at any one time. There's a lot of uh, uh, chief cook and bottle washer. In a small company, you're doing a little bit of everything. We, we've just um, hired a bunch of people in the last literally week. And I feel like what my calling is at Equifruit um, is to do the advocacy piece. So Equifruit is devoted to 100% fair trade, importing fair trade bananas. We hope to expand to other products. And really, I think my skills are going to be best spent um, talking to Canadians about why there's a need for fair trade in the banana industry and in produce generally. So that's where I'm, that's where I'm headed. Excellent. Well, I think you can see that we've got three very passionate people on our stage today. <laughs> so our next question is, the produce industry, like many, has undergone a transformation in the number of women in leadership roles. From your own perspective and those of others you know, has produce kept pace with other industries in the role of women in business? And is there any uniqueness between careers men and women have in the produce industry? Susan. I will start first, okay. <laughs> I would say that um, we have more women here than men. I would say women are more attention to details. So we check everything before we make the decision. And at the same time, we also, our unique next is uh, we can, in, when it comes to negotiation, we can start in the soft approach first. And then if it doesn't work, we can use the pushy approach. <laughs> <laughs> that men, I think men don't usually use that, this technique. And then um, I would say, I myself, I speak for myself, uh, more rationalized. When it comes to a decision, we try to analyze what could be the better Better, um, better, better area to think about it. That's what I can see. Yeah. Jenny? Yeah. I think the question is whether how produce compares to other industries. And I think we've got a lot of work. <laughs> Let's talk frankly. I mean, most of the decision makers in the produce industry are men. Most of the companies are led by men. Most of the board of the CPMA is male. Overwhelmingly so. We're working on got, that, though. <laughs> I, I think we've got a lot of. I think we've got a lot of ways to go, and I'm really encouraged by the fact that the a passion for produce team, where Michelle, I learned the other day, the selection had been blind. Uh, that, wh what did we decide in the end, or what? What are the numbers? The, at least half of the participants in the passion for produce program this year are female, and I think that's great. I think this is a new wave of 
female leadership in our industry, which is really needed. Mm -hmm. This diversity of opinion and experience is something I see lacking. If I may interject for a second, you're absolutely right that about 50% or more, and we had the same outcome three years ago here in Montreal. Obviously, the last two years we haven't had the program, but um, for those of you who aren't aware, the selection process in the Passion for Produce is completely blind. So I've been fortunate enough to be involved in the process. Uh, it is, we have no idea what company the individual works for, their gender, so it is completely blind. So the makeup of the team is, or the, the participants in the program is done strictly by the resume, if you will, that they submit and the robust and, uh, robustness and um, desirous nature of them wanting to be a, pa a part of this program. Ha literally that they have the passion to be in the Passion for Produce program. So, Agree. Julie? Agree. Um, me, what I thought at the beginning of the question is we need to also, I, I, I really, really believe we need to uh, um, promote the, prom the produce industry, but very young to young girls. And we have so many opportunities. They need to know. We need to promote it. And at the same time, like we, um, uh, we need also to eventually they're going to want to work, um, to think about balance between family, work. So we need to think about new measure, be open to it, but definitely go to the root while they're young and promote our industry. And that's a great yeah. point is, you know, you, you don't want people thinking that they can't have a family and still no. have a career in the produce Correct. industry. And Correct. I think it's incumbent upon those of us in the yeah. room today up here being able to help guide people to do that because it can be done, but sometimes yeah. just people need a little bit of, of help in the navigation of it. So, yeah. Great. And, and Susan, you kind of nudged into our next question with one of your comments. Uh, so the traditional axiom is if you want something done, give it to a busy woman. And we've all heard that women are better at multitasking. In your experience, do women work differently? And if so, what is the strength that that brings to organizational efforts? Who's going to start this time? Jenny, you want to start this time? Okay. So Susan just said that women are detail-oriented. Don't give me anything detail-oriented. I'm the worst. Oh. I'm the worst. That's why I say I'm good at the big picture. Let's change the world type vision. But right now, I've been doing logistics over the course of the winter, and it's a total nightmare. It's a miracle we've survived because I hate the details. So basically, you're saying you're not the stereotypical woman. Not, well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not good at details. So... <laughs> um, that's why she is the boss. <laughs> yeah, that's my, my great privilege to not have to deal with details most of the time. Uh, I think that um, I, uh, you know I I remember well the way I lead my team. <laughs> my team has been overwhelmingly female until three days ago. Suddenly we have three guys who've joined, which is great. Um, but we've uh, worked really well. I think that we, we are hard workers, um, but we prize uh, balance. We prize balance between serious and fun in the business. And we also, I think, have, because my experience as the mother of three kids, including one who's profoundly disabled, means that I never work a a day from start to finish without some interruption, but I just know that 
I'm going to barrel through those things and keep delivering. And, and I feel like I've created a team culture where we, I, this is my experience, it must be the experience of everybody else in my team too. And we work when we can and we work hard, we work collaboratively. And I don't know, you know, whether this is a female thing or not, because we're all, we've all been women. I remember uh, about a year or two ago, somebody reached out to Kim Shakal, who's our director of sales and marketing at Aquafruit, a woman who'd worked at the terminal in Toronto, who was drawn to Aquafruit for our values, but also our female-led culture. And she talked about how basically she was tired of the hours at the food terminal, being there like 12 hours a day and there being a lot of machismo and some pretty strong language words exchanged. And she says, but you know, that's produce. And I, Kim and I thought, really? Is that, is that produce? Does that have to be produce? Why can't produce be an environment where we're getting work done, but we're, we're having fun and we're, you know, having fun while we're doing it. I don't know if that's the... What was the question? <laughs> I, I there think it is. Somebody I, lie me down. That's so far. Just lie down and... I think you make a good point, though, because the question is, does it have to be that way? It may have been that way historically, but does it have to be that way moving forward? Yeah. And I think that's, that's the question that needs to be answered. Yeah. And I think we, as, as women in the industry, need to help drive that and change that direction a little bit. Mm. Julie, would you like to comment on that? It's hard to hear, like, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. Um, I, uh, and I agree, uh, women, we are definitely, I don't know if it's inside, but we take care of so many people, take care of so many projects. We know we want to do the good thing. We want to, how to get there and what it takes to go there. And we manage. So I think what, you, what you're trying to say is that we as women are typically nurturers, <laughs> which and, is not and, a bad thing. No, it's true. We, yeah. we are using, okay, we have the kids, we have the homeworks, we have the job, we have, and we make it work. Mm -hmm. And we do it. Yep. We do it. We work out. It's true. <laughs> Susan, any comments? I uh, totally agree that uh, we wear many hats at home before marriage. We are the daughter of our parents. And then after marriage, we are the mom of kids, wife, mm -hmm. housewife. And then uh, at work, we are the employee. We have to, to work very hard. But then somehow, the, um, people are saying that when you are busy, you know how to prioritize your time. Yeah. And then you work it out, listing, listing what is more important to do. So for myself, uh, at work time, I don't usually remember what I have to buy after, after I get off the work. I, I devoted my time in work and then um, basically don't have time to think about any personal things. Mm -hmm. But then I enjoy that because um, um, after working out, the, the, if there is issue, then we sort it out. And then if there is something that uh, we make it as a success, you feel the sense of success. Mm -hmm. So you, you feel the sense of achievement. So I would say um, true that um, produce business usually have long hours, especially in my position. I deal with supplies overseas. So by the time when I sleep, they wake up. Yeah. So sometimes they have um, problems that try to get to me, and then I try to solve it. But then I learn afterward, I learn afterward that uh, when I go to sleep, someone wake me up, 
I, I just can't react fast. So I, I switch off the phone when I sleep. But then other time, I usually answer their phone. So that's how I, I uh, smooth out the difficulties. But I believe that uh, even with your uh, busy schedule, you can, you can arrange that as much as you want to arrange. Perfect. Yeah. So our next question is, in terms of your professional development, did you have a mentor? And if you did, how did that experience guide you when dealing with your own staff and younger people in the industry? Susan, you want to start? I think uh, with the younger people, I, first of all, I set up myself as the role model. I, uh, if they don't know how to do it, I do it once, um, walk with them, and then tell them um, what could be a better answer. For produce, it's, um, something tricky is that um, history can help. But then, because of the, we work with Egg of God, every year is different. Like these two years is the most tough time for me as for the import business. It never happened in the last 20-something um, last years with the logistic issue, um, port congestion, failure rate increase, everything. But we have to deal with it. We have to face it. And then we try to find alternatives. Say, for example, I mean, the West Coast, um, the port congestion, the logistic issues started from the Pacific Rim. So I'm trying to source part from other parts of the world, like Europe, like South America. So we have to find ways to handle that. So I find it pretty interesting, mm. even though challenging. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Julie? I work with... Um a team, they have a huge user experience uh, in produce, in business. And when I, when I heard your question, I thought, okay, my mentoring. First, I'm thinking about the wonderful company. Right from there, I, I, they believed in me. They gave me that opportunity. I have the opportunity to work with this amazing team. Uh, they, they always willing to coach, to help me. And I go for it. And they offer, um, in the long run, like you keep as, like you, you have this opportunity to have new projects, you keep learning, they help you. Uh, so for me, this is mentoring. Mm -hmm. This is this, this collaboration, and they give you projects, you get more exposure, more experience, and yeah, this is my mentoring. So in your yeah. work environment, you have mentors pretty much all the time oh, as, yes. you, as you go through your career. Big time, yes, yeah. totally. Yeah. Terrific. Makes a big difference. <laughs> Jenny? Yeah, I would say that um, one of the challenges of being the president of your own company is that uh, you don't have a hierarchy above you that you're learning from. And so I would say that I haven't had a mentor. I've had lots of people show me kindness and given me advice, but I haven't built a relationship, a long-term relationship with, with anyone. In your in case, the as you said, you'd have to look outside of your organization yeah, for a mentor that's right. if, you were, if you were inclined those, for. Those were some of those sort of friendly conversations were really important to me when I was trying to learn everything about the produce industry. And yeah, I think being generous with your time when, you, when you're not struggling to survive the way you are at the beginning of a business, maybe this is something that I've learned and I'd like, you know, not that I'm 
been at this eight years. I'm, it's nothing compared to many, many, many people here, but I'm certainly at a different place than I was when I started. I think within my own team, I think part of the question was how do I uh, transmit that m mentorship? I mean, I don't formally um, mentor, I would say, the people in my team, but we have a very open, flat organization where new ideas are listened to and encouraged. And, uh, you know, we use Slack for internal chat, and we, we have these new people who've just started. And it's kind of weird because when a new person joins, they can see the history of all of your conversations in Slack since time began. And I'm kind of like, do they think we actually do any work? Because most of it is very supportive. It's like, I've got this problem, and how am I going to fix it? And then we jump in, and we're like, you can do it, or have you tried this or the other? There's sort of like team member mentorship of each other in the culture that we've developed. Yeah. I think I heard the other night that your staff has gone up 100% in the last three months. <laughs> or the a, a little longer than that? How many percent? We, I we, was told 100%. Uh, no, we were uh, six people um, in, uh, on March 13th, and we're now 10. Okay, I heard five <laughs> and 10, so yeah. <laughs> Pretty impressive numbers, though. I'm actually uh, also in, inspired by my mentor that he said, sky is the limit, which mm. means that don't set boundaries for yourself. Try to exploit your hidden potential. Yeah. So I'm trying to pass the message to my team yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's a great expression. Yeah. And it, it, you, the sky's the limit, but also setting um, personal goals for you as you yes. progress so that you get a sense of accomplishment and it's yes. not you have to get to the sky yeah. necessarily. It's setting one, and I've done that throughout my career is I want to be this by the time I'm 25 and by 30. And, and by doing it in increments like that, yeah. I've found that I've been reasonably successful in doing it and it just yeah. it just spurs you on for the next and level and the next to challenge. Be, today you need to be better than yesterday. Oh absolutely. <laughs> yeah, instead of go yeah. that tomorrow you'll be better than today. Our entire world is what have you done for me lately? So it's you know we always have to be striving for the next one. All right, then our next question is regardless of sex, ethnicity, any factors that have made pardon me, I should put my glasses on here, excuse me. <laughs> I was doing well but I'm losing it. So regardless of sex, ethnicity any of the factors that make us who we are as employees, what is the one thing you'd like to share with the audience relative to developing and retaining talent within your organization? So how do you guys develop people and keep them so that they don't get developed and move on to bigger and better things? Who wants to start? I, I think uh, developing, coaching, employee, anyone, it's crucial. Um, we need to listen. We need to be there for them. We need to be flexible. We need also to share the wins, celebrate, celebrate success, celebrate the success, the wins. And sometimes it takes only a few words to motivate someone, and it can go a long, long way. So I think we definitely that makes a big, big difference. And People also will be motivated, will be, uh, it's going to bring uh, satisfaction at work, it's going to be, they're going to be engaged, they're going to want to continue, continue with new opportunities, and uh, it's going to definitely bring success everywhere, results, and uh, it's going to retain the employee. We need to offer opportunities so they can grow 
we all want to grow. You want to grow as an individual. You want to grow as a, as a team, as a company. So all these little things contribute to this, for me anyway. <laughs> Jenny, you want to go next? For my personal experience, I found that if you have passion towards something, you'll find a way to do it. So I'm, I'm helping my staff to develop the passion towards produce too. Mm. Excellent. Yeah. Jenny? I have a member of my team here in the audience, so I hope she agrees with what I'm going to say. But I feel that uh, what keeps the Equifruit team together and has led to, I know we've just hired these people, but the people who were there before have been with us for a long time. I think we're really united in our mission, in our fair trade mission. Uh, we believe in it. And we are true to it. We are constant advocates for fair trade. It's not just something that's on a piece of paper at our entrance and then we go on and, and do our job. And I think that um, our bond over those core values is really important. I think that um, Equifruit, we've been able to retain our team and create great loyalty by... Um, yeah, I keep saying it, but having fun, being open, being transparent, being supportive of each other. And uh, we have invested in the development of our team members. Sometimes that's through uh, formal training, but also things like um, making sure that everybody's, it's been difficult obviously during COVID, but has had a chance to visit our growers, our producers at Origin to connect with our mission in person and uh, I see Michelle, I hope she's nodding. Uh, <laughs> I think these are the things that, that have kept us together and, and um, make us want to tattoo Equifruit on our forehead. <laughs> Excellent. So we're going to turn it over to audience questions at this point. So if anybody has a question for any of the ladies up on the stage, please uh, give Jane the high sign. She's got a microphone ready. It's a bit of a question, but more, more of an affirmation. So when I started my career, I was in consumer packaged goods, and I remember being on trips like this, and I was solely the only woman in that group of people. And it just took more and more women coming into the field to displace some of the gentlemen, and that's where you really start to make the change. So I couldn't agree with you more about your comment about encouraging young people to come in, especially young girls to come into this field. Um, I've sat through a number of these learning sessions uh, these last couple of days, and I'm learning a ton about produce. I, I, I work for GS1, and I'm partnering with Jane on a couple of things. And this is a wonderful industry. It really yeah. is. I mean, like the camaraderie is unbelievable. Um, but I'm also just seeing such passion to your points and the things that you're doing. We've got to figure out how we get that into schools. I mean, if you think about universities even... And do they know about what this contributes uh, to the business? Um, having been in sales, it was always marketing, but we have to expand this for, for girls and get them understanding. And I just, I think yeah. you guys have done a wonderful job here today exposing that and um, it's exciting times. So I, I guess one of my questions would be is when you have conversations with these young girls, what, what do you say about your industry? How do you actually advocate for bringing young women into this field? Who wants to go first? 
jump in. Well, I, uh, I don't, I haven't done any like recruiting events per se in the produce industry, uh, but I speak quite widely on the subject of fair trade in produce. I do a lot of lecturing at universities, and I think that um, you know part of the part of the pitch, whether it's to young men or young women, is to think about produce, and you know, in our case, thinking about doing it slightly differently. And most people at university, I at university, I didn't grow up on a farm or, you know, working in the produce department uh, of my IDA or whatever. And I, I never even, never once occurred to me that this was an industry that would have a role for me in it one day. I guess, you know, when I speak to, when I do that lecturing, there's a dual purpose. Obviously, I want primarily to be talking about fair trade, but for people to think about supply chains and what role they might play in it, even if they're doing just a really traditional business degree. Anybody else have anything to offer? Me, I, I, I think definitely we need to be more, uh, we need to promote more this industry. Uh, it could be at high school, it could be au cégep, it could be, and it used to be, it's true, it used to be from family to family, and now we have possibilities like to mix family, and th these are long hours, it, it's tough. So, and so we need to tell them, here's, it's possible, you, you can do it, but we need to reach them when they're young. <laughs> they don't know, they probably they don't think it needs to be more. And I've been thinking about it, okay, what can I do? What can I do? and I'm still working on it, but I'm going to find something. There's a way, there's a way. Susan, do you have anything to add? So my message to, um, to the uh, people who join the produce business, especially the, the ladies, um, first of all, on the economic side, it is recession-proof. And then with the COVID, you know that it's pandemic-proof. You need produce every day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> comment. And then on the personal side, because I deal with uh, uh, suppliers from different parts of the world, I learned the culture from them. And then it is um, something that you don't limit yourself just to a certain place, but you open your eyes to the world. So I find it fun. If I can add one more thing just to your commentary about bringing people in. It's one of the challenges uh, that our education committee, I've been a member involved for a number of years, um, and we, we have done some work with going out to universities and even had conversations about, and it was mentioned here, Julie, you mentioned it, and I, I personally feel that university is almost too late. We need to impress upon kids that just like any other industry, we need finance people, we need marketing yep. people, they tend to think of other industries for their career That's paths, right. and we need to get in front of them and let them know, and also provide potential opportunities for internships and things like that, where people will come in and hopefully, you know, get bitten by the produce bug and think of it as a career and, and realize that they can, they can make a future for themselves in our industry. So it's an ongoing conversation, and we're constantly trying to find new ways to to attract good talent. And I can tell you the Passion for Produce program this year, and obviously those people are already in our industry, but it's such a strong group of, of people this year, and, and it's gotten stronger every year since 2010. Um, our, our challenge will be to keep them in our industry because they are truly up-and-comers, and 
that's going to be up to their respective companies to really encourage their growth and help their growth to keep them within their organizations. But it is, it is top of mind. We can't hear you, James. There you go. So um, I represent CPMA. I'm part of CPMA. So just because you're not on a committee or a working group, and we'd love to have more people, but you can always, if you've got ideas, ways that we can, can do some of the things that the panel has been talking about, contact us. Like, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from our members. We'd love to hear new ideas. And you've got lots of, of I bet, great ideas out there that uh, we'd love to hear about. So don't hesitate to reach out to us, for sure. Jane, I know there was one more hand up at the back, I believe, in the back row. I think I saw a hand. The question for us. Yes, hi. So I didn't know if you guys had a chance to go to the speaker yesterday, Nick Bontis, and um, how he talks about information bombardment and how we're so busy in our lives and there's so many different places that you're pushed and pulled in. Do you have any, um, you know, quick pieces of advice of how you plan your day and um, prepare for busy meetings and making sure that you're both a, a mom as, a, as well as an executive at the same time. How does, I'd love some advice. Did you guys hear that okay? Did yeah, you hear that okay? I, I think yeah. so, okay. yeah. I can hear. Who'd like to go for some? I'm not gonna pick, you guys no. jump in. You I, go. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know what to answer. I, I feel like I start the day with a plan in fact, we used to have team meetings Monday mornings, and we're like, everything's great, and, and by 10.30, something had blown up, and the plan is, like, out the window. So I think that, um, in French, we say la charge mentale. Mothers, uh, if, if, you know, if you're asking me specifically, me as a mom and also an executive, uh, we're carrying around a, a, a lot. Like, I never uh, get a break from thinking about whether there's enough food in the fridge for supper, <laughs> and who's supposed to be where and what, and whether there are clean clothes for everyone to wear for the next day. And, um, but I think it's amazing how I, that just becomes second nature. That's just part of who you are and how you live life. And in a way, getting to work is like this amazing break from like, can I, like the summer holidays are over, it's terrible, I know it's terrible for me to say this, my kids are back at school, I'm like, yes, I'm going out for champagne <laughs> breakfast, because all I have to do now is work, work seems easy sometimes in comparison to those other duties. Yeah. And I, I think we need also to, um, to learn how to, okay, I'm going to step back, I'm going to take a deep breath, once in a while, in a day, and uh, take a deep breath, recess, go outside, just clear your head, okay, and then go back to the priorities. I'm, I'm really trying to do it, because sometimes you can get overwhelmed and I won't have time, so come down, and I want to stay healthy. So you know what, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying. Susan? <laughs> mm, I would take a work-life balance, try to. Because uh, I, I, I still remember in the first, first few months that uh, we have the co-work and then we have more time to work from home. I started the day because we have the regular meeting at 8 o'clock and then started the day with a Zoom meeting and then another Zoom meeting, five Zoom meetings in the day. And then um, after seems to be pass on, uh, finish some work, I look at the clock already, 6 o'clock p.m., mm -hmm. 6 p.m. I forget my lunch. 
and then <laughs> and then I I try to reschedule it. You fix it because so flexibility in our business is important too. Mm-hmm. So you have to yeah. adapt to different changes, but at the same time you change it, you modify it. Yeah, true. true. Yeah. yeah. And if I can add one more comment to that, it was don't beat yourself up. I used to make lists every day of everything I wanted to accomplish and at five o'clock I'd look at the list and I not checked off anything <laughs> and there were days where I would write something stupid on the list just so I could check it off yeah, yeah. You, and you, you can't beat yourself up about it because that's a recipe for disaster there are going to be days where you walk in and you've got a great plan just like you guys said and it just pardon my French goes to hell in a handbasket mm-hmm. and you, you just have to pick yourself up the next day and realize well it happened I'm going to get myself back on track, and it may have been completely out of your own control, so there's no point in beating yourself up about it. You've got to cut yourself some slack at times, otherwise you're just going to self-destruct. Yep. So, yeah. so, so I think... Take some I, time for exercise, meditation, yeah. take a break. Yeah. 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 That so helps. I, th- I think we're going to wrap it up. I want to thank these ladies for thank their you. time. and, thank and you. Uh, thank you. Hopefully we provided a little bit of value for you today, and I want to thank everybody for coming out. And... Uh, I wish everybody the, the best of luck in whatever their goals are in the near and distant future. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>